This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm your host, Dina Marie Hale, and along with Archbishop Alexander Sample, today we're, we're going to reflect upon the discernment process, affirming our priestly vocations, and each year our Archdiocese has a beautiful opportunity to welcome men who are in that process of discerning the call to the priesthood. So as we begin this discussion, Archbishop, would you please open us in prayer? Certainly. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Fathers, we come to the beginning of this new year. We ask you to be with all of your church in Western Oregon. Lord, we ask that you especially pour out a, a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit into the hearts and minds of our people, but especially upon those young men and boys whom you are already calling to serve you one day as priests. Father, we ask you to help them in their discernment by giving them all the gifts of the Spirit they need Help them to see clearly the path you have already chosen for them. And when they see it, Father, through the same spirit, give them the power, the strength, the faith, the courage to say yes. So we place this radio time now, Father, in your hands, hoping that this message might even reach some of those ones you are calling here as we pray together in the name of Jesus, your son, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. St. John Vianney. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It seems like, Archbishop, this Christmas time and into the new year is a beautiful time for people to really think about, you know, what's happening in my life? What's the purpose of my life? Where, where, where is God working in my life? And for those men and women who might be discerning religious life, for women, a religious order, for our men looking at the priesthood, uh, that discernment process can happen at different times of our life and different ages of our life. What are some of the key ways that when you start talking with someone, Archbishop, maybe it's following a mass, maybe you're visiting a parish and you just start to talk with maybe the altar servers or the youth group. Are there particular questions that they ask you, things that they're thinking about when they're really serious about looking at God's call in their life? Yeah, there, there are some typical questions. For, you know, first of all, you know, I have a lot of interactions, obviously, as I go about my ministry as bishop. Uh, with a lot of young people, both uh, men and women, but in particular in talking about priestly vocations and uh, in, in trying to encourage them among uh, the young men and the boys. The first thing that I've learned to do, quite honestly, over my time as a bishop, as a priest, actually, uh, I'm a priest uh, for well over 31 years now, uh, and a bishop now for almost 16, 
I had to overcome. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of sitting here uh, a little bit embarrassed to say this, that I was not as comfortable at a certain point in my priesthood and just coming right out and encouraging boys and young men to consider the priesthood. And, and, I, and I reflect back on that. And I wonder why. I think uh, for me, part of, the, part of it was a, a, maybe a fear of rejection, you know, that, uh, you know, I might suggest to them that they consider the priesthood and they would look at me like, are you crazy? You know, why would I want to do that? <laughs> you know, which obviously would be a great uh, affront to, to those of us who have chosen this life. So, you know, maybe, maybe a little fearful of the reaction uh, of young people, but also let's just be honest about it. Uh, the church has gone through some pretty rough times in the past, in my 31 years as a priest. Uh, we've had two um, explosions, if you will, of the sexual abuse crisis. And that puts a real damper, to be honest, on, on a priest encouraging uh, young men and boys to consider a priestly vocation. You know, it's like, it's difficult uh, because, again, that, that, that uh, fear of, of what, the re- what is the reaction going to be? You know, I mean, people's reaction to the priesthood was so bad for so long during these times that, uh, you know, the reputation of the priesthood has suffered greatly. But I've really, I've just gotten over that. Uh, And we have to get over that. All of us have to get over that. Not just priests and bishops talking to young men and boys about priestly vocations, but all of the people of God, we have to get over whatever hesitancy we have in encouraging our boys and young men to consider a priestly vocation. Uh, We just need to be bold when we see the signs, or even if, even if we don't, if we're looking at a kid and we don't think, you know, oh, this one's got to be a priest, uh, just to be planting the seeds out there, letting, uh, creating what we call a culture of vocations, meaning a, a culture in which a priestly vocation would be just something that a, a boy or young man would naturally consider as an option for his life. That it would be as there wouldn't be anything, in other words, weird about it, <laughs> you know. And I think that's a, that's like what's got in people's minds somehow is that priests aren't normal. <laughs> There's something weird about them or different about them that sort of makes them unsuitable for kind of quote unquote normal life, and so they they end up in the priesthood, you know. And it's that's just such a wrong and 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 sad way to look at this. But I think that's the way a lot of people kind of look at it that there's. Yeah, they love their priests and they're very grateful for their priest service. But on, on a deeper level, they might kind of think there's just something different about us. Uh, and we're just we're just normal guys like like everybody else who happen to receive this special vocation and call from the Lord. And, and, and we serve him in that way. You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, uh, I, as I, I mentioned, I think in a previous program, I, I do go to the gym regularly. And, and of course, I don't go wearing my Roman collar. And as I meet uh, people in the gym, and, and especially some of the guys that, that, that are there, you know, eventually sometimes in a conversation, somebody will ask, well, what do you do? You know? And, you know, when I say, well, uh, I think you're going to be surprised, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a priest, you know, I, I just say I'm a priest because I don't want to get into the whole archbishop thing right away. But as soon as they ask me what my parish is, then I go, then I have to com- completely confess <laughs> being the archbishop. But it's like, you know, and sometimes I think they kind of got this like, wow, that's kind of surprising, you know, that you're, you're just kind of a normal person, a normal dude, you know? Uh, so I, I'd like to just 
I think we need to be very open about it. And because guys are curious, boys are curious about it. As you said, they ask questions. They want to know about what is it like to be a priest? What's your favorite part about being a priest? What's the hardest part about being a priest? If they're a little bit older, they might ask about, you know, what about not being married? You know, what not being able to have your own family? And behind that is the whole issue of celibacy, which quite honestly, in a sex saturated and obsessed culture, the idea of a celibate chastity is just, for some boys and young men, is almost unthinkable. So yeah, there's a lot of questions and we just need to be priests, bishops need to just be very open and very transparent about our answers and to project a joy mm-hmm. that comes from our life as priests. Uh, and, and even as a bishop, there's mm-hmm. joy. Uh, and uh, if we project a joy and a happiness and our satisfaction in our ministry, uh, which I hope we all have, uh, that's attractive. Yeah. It's very attractive. Very attractive. I know, Archbishop, that you and our vocations director, Father Jeff Irvin, have close connection with our current seminarians. You walk with them every step of the way. And there's different times throughout the year that you can gather and just get a little bit more connection with one another and listen to their stories and help them along. You recently gathered with, gathered with them before Christmas time, and then you'll have a different type of a gathering with men discerning the priesthood. Give us a sense of these young men currently in the seminary that are that are looking at our archdiocese and what are, what is their heart telling them how are they really becoming formed in in really receiving this call yeah uh, i'm smiling you can't the radio listeners can't see me but I'm <laughs> smiling when you mention our seminarians because uh, i just could not be prouder of these men uh, and i love them uh, deeply um, and you know I, I try to get to know them as well as I can uh, during their time in the seminary. Um, I really feel that's, that's important for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, it's important for me to know the men I will one day ordain to the priesthood for this archdiocese in service of the people of God. I think I owe it to the, to the faithful uh, of this archdiocese to know myself personally and not just relying on the testimony of others. Uh, these men that I present to them one day as priests to shepherd them. I need to know these men. Uh, so I know who I'm imposing hands on, on the day of their ordination. So I really make an effort to try to get to know them. So I, I want to get to know them well, but I want them to get to know me well. I want them to know my mind. I want them to know my heart. And I want them to be men of communion one day if they get ordained priests. In other words, I want them to be fully united to me uh, and in this shared mission that we have to, to evangelize Western Oregon. I want them to be on the same page with me. I want us to be united in a common effort because uh, that's, that's where energy is. Uh, so I want them to know me as well. So uh, I, I really, I probably take a little bit more personal interest uh, in the seminarians perhaps than many bishops do uh, Quite honestly, sadly, some of our seminarians say in talking to some of their fellow seminarians, uh, some of them hardly know their bishop. They've maybe only met him, uh, uh, you know, once or twice. Whereas I spend, I try to spend this time with them. We, we have these two gatherings a year with all the seminarians that are home. Uh, of course, the guys in Rome can't travel uh, home easily. But uh, we have a fall gathering, which is now the Christmas gathering, because we wait for all the guys that are in other seminaries other than Mount Angel to get back, except the Rome guys. And then we do another one in the spring. And the guys are doing well. They're, they're much happier this year because 
COVID, uh, the restrictions of COVID that they experienced last year in the seminary are lifted. That was a real burden on them to be basically in lockdown and not even able to share meals together uh, during the worst of the pandemic last year. So to be in virtual learning in, in the classrooms, so to be back in the classrooms, to be back in social uh, environment and being able to interact with one another. I mean, we had a great gathering at my residence uh, for the Christmas celebration. We gather, we just visit for a while, then we pray together. We have Vespers, we pray Vespers together, then we share a wonderful meal together. Uh, and then after dinner, we just sit around and, and I usually give them a little, uh, we call it fervorino, a little fervorino, a little exhortation. And then I answer their questions. Uh, I just sit there as long as they want, about an hour and a half, uh, and uh, let them ask me questions, whatever they want to ask. And I try to be as open and honest and transparent as I can. This year, I talked to them about spiritual fatherhood. Uh, and that's part of the reason also I, I want to know my, my seminarians well, is I want them to understand that I am their spiritual father, and they are my spiritual sons, as, just as my priests are. And I, I, that that doesn't mean you know that I'm I'm replacing dad so to speak, but in a very real real spiritual sense, I am called to be a spiritual father to all of the people of God in Western Oregon, and that's a role that I am really praying on and reflecting on and trying to deepen my own identity as a spiritual father uh, to our people and also to our priests and to these men who one day could be priests. I want them to see me as a spiritual father who truly loves them, who cares for them, who guides them, who supports them, <laughs> at times challenges them, as a father does, but a father who loves. Uh, and uh, I really want them to see that in me. And then I want them to be that to their people, should they be ordained priests. I want them to be good spiritual fathers to their own people. And so I try to, I'm trying to model that better. Uh, for our priests and for our seminarians, as I come to a deeper understanding and appreciation and, and hopefully living out uh, of that ministry as, as a spiritual father. But our guys are doing great. They're filled with enthusiasm and zeal. Uh, they love our Lord and they love the church. They love Western Oregon. And uh, some of them just can't, they're chomping at the bit. They can't wait to get ordained and get out there and, and start ministering uh, uh, among God's people. But much better, happier year. The yeah, Spirit's yeah. I sense the spirits of the men are, are, are up quite a bit from last year when, when things were so tough during the pandemic. Yeah, it's it's incredible to hear. And I know just for those people who have had the opportunity to visit Mount Angel Abbey and just to be there around the seminarians or certainly most of our parishioners in one way or the other, praying for our seminarians, praying for an increase to vocations to the priest and religious life that we continue to make that connection. You've had for many years now, I know in the Archdiocese of Portland, an opportunity for a retreat, a little bit longer time, a weekend retreat with the vocations director, with yourself, to really work with some of these men who have just been really making that step forward. I'm going to respond. Let's see what the next step is, if, if I really am being called, or just to test the water, so to speak. What is this vocational discernment retreat like, and what are the most important components for you, Archbishop, to connect with these men who, who may have a calling to the priesthood? Yeah, this retreat, uh, I have to give full credit to my wonderful predecessor, Archbishop Lasny, uh, for uh, starting this, this annual discernment retreat. Uh, that the Archbishop conducts himself personally. 
And uh, now Archbishop Vlasny, Vlasny claims that uh, he copied this from another bishop, uh, so <clears throat> we have to give credit where credit is due. Nevertheless, it's a wonderful idea, and it has proven to be so fruitful for producing uh, seminarians for, for the Archdiocese of, of Portland. Uh, as I look at our, our, I'm looking right now at our vocation poster, and I'm looking at the faces of all of our, our seminarians. And as I look at this, all but one of these men went on the mm -hmm. discernment retreat. Yeah. In other words, this, the discernment retreat for some men becomes the, the final push over the edge, so to speak. I shouldn't say over the edge. That sounds awful. It sounds like they're, <laughs> they've gone off the deep end. Uh, as I just was saying, people think that priests are weird, nuts, and, and crazy. Gotten off the fence. This pushes them off the fence. We have a lot of men out there, young men, who are fence sitters when it comes to making a discernment and decision about the seminary and about priesthood. And I think it's difficult in the culture today, quite honestly, for young people, uh, men and women, to think about lifelong commitments. Uh, Pope Francis has pointed this out very clearly in, in his message at the World Meeting of Families back in Philadelphia, how difficult it is for young people today to make that commitment to marriage, uh, to, to think about a lifelong commitment. Uh, there's a great fear and anxiety that young people have about making these kinds of vocational decisions and commitments. And so, yeah, we have a lot of guys that are on the fence and they sit on the fence forever. I, I tease the guys sometimes, uh, and I say, gosh, guys, don't make a vocation out of discernment. <laughs> mm -hmm. In other words, don't spend your whole life discerning. Discernment is not your vocation. Your vocation is to, is to step out in faith and, and do what the Lord is calling you to do, whether that is marriage or whether that is a religious or a priestly vocation. So, yeah, so these men who come on the retreat, these are usually guys that are a little bit more serious, Mm -hmm. about the possibility. They're, they're really open to, and I, I would put it this way, the men who come on this retreat, if they knew God was calling them to be a priest, they would do it. I, I think that, that for the most part, these are guys who, if they knew for sure God was calling them to be a priest, they would be the guys that would step forward and do it. Their problem is, or their, their struggle is, they don't know. Uh, they, 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 don't, they don't know whether God is calling them to be a priest or not. They're open to it. There's certainly things that attract them to the priesthood, but there's also things that attract them to marriage and family life. And so they're caught in this, in this world of, of, of trying to figure it out. So this retreat is to help them. And again, it's conducted by the archbishop himself with the vocation director. Uh, we spend from Friday evening through Sunday lunch, just having conferences uh, time for discussion and questions. Uh, we share vocation stories. Our seminarians come and other priests come to be present uh, to share their vocation stories. We have priests come to help hear confessions. We pray together. We worship together. We teach them about the liturgy of the hours. Uh, um, but we talk a lot about discernment. We talk a lot about what the priesthood is. And we talk a lot about how to discern a priestly vocation. And one of the messages they get uh, always is that, you know, how do you know if you have a priestly vocation? Well, uh, you know, that's not easier, easier said than done. I used to, I struggled myself, you know, I mean, I wasn't terribly old, but I was a little bit delayed. I was 23 
when I finally answered the call to, to go to the seminary, but I think I had been called from childhood, to be honest, uh, and just kind of was running from it. You know, so how do you know? I wish, I wish, I used to say, I wish one night I'd been laying in bed and the ceiling of my room would have opened up and I would have seen Jesus standing on the clouds of heaven and he pointed his finger at me and said, you are to be a priest. It would have been much easier. Uh, it didn't work that way. Um, and it doesn't work that way uh, in general, unless it's an extraordinary uh, experience. Well, I always say is, you know, first of all, you, you, you have to be a man of prayer. You have to have a basic humanity. Uh, what do I mean by that? You have to be a healthy human being. Let's just put it that way. Uh, you need, we need to start with good, healthy human material on a natural level, uh, the natural virtues, uh, a personality that is suited to the priesthood. In other words, there are certain human gifts, natural gifts, that a man needs to possess in order to be a priest. Not everyone who wants to be a priest is suited for the priesthood, quite honestly. For whatever that might be, it could be personality traits, it could be even some personality disorders, uh, it can be uh, uh, just some lacking in some human qualities that are necessary for the priesthood. Nobody has a right to the priesthood. Uh, it's a privilege given to, to those that are called by the church, by God through the church. So the church discerns this. So there has to be a certain human uh, material there to begin with. We have to have an intellectual ability to do graduate studies in theology. Obviously, there has to be an interest in the priesthood. You've got to, you have to be attracted to what a priest does. If you're not attracted to what a priest does, well, then there's probably not much point in, 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 in pursuing this vocation. There has to be a love for Christ, a love for people, a desire to serve and bring people closer to Christ. You know, that was, if you'd asked me when I was a seminarian, why do you want to be a priest? I would have said, because I want to be the instrument that helps bring people closer to Christ. The priest is called to be, you know, the word pontifex, which is the Latin for priest, is bridge builder. Pontifex is, is, is a bridge builder, builds the bridge between God and man and between uh, men and God. Yeah, so, so we, have to, we have to have a love for Christ and a love for the people, a desire to serve, to lay down our lives. It's not about us. So there's a lot of qualities. And then also, I, I tell them, you know, listen to what other people are saying to you. And this goes back to where we started, you know. Listen to what people are saying to you. If people are saying to you, you would make a great priest, or have you ever thought about going to the seminary? Have you ever thought about being a priest? If people are saying things like that to you, pay attention. Because the Lord uses all sorts of ways to reach us. He reaches us just in our prayer and our silence of our hearts. We, we hear that inner stirring, the inner voice of God calling us. We hear the voice of God through our attractions to the priesthood, perhaps, our, our desires, our, our interest in what a priest does, our desire to serve and love the people, all those, all those things I was talking about. Those are natural signs that you could be called. But listen to what other people are saying, because God uses them as instruments, too, to help communicate his will. Uh, and so, I mean, really, to be honest, if more people had said to me along the way as I was growing up, and even as I was a high school student, and then a college student, and then a graduate college student, if more people had said to me, encouraged me to think about a priestly vocation, I probably would not have been as delayed as I was. Uh, but I just felt kind of alone to be honest, in my discernment. 
And I don't think we want to leave young men alone in their discernment. We want to give them the support of the community, the church, to help them discern. And that's, that, that's you know, through, through our own voices uh, to encourage. So never, ever, ever, ever be hesitant to speak to a, a young boy or a young man and encourage him to think about the priesthood. Your voice could be the instrument that begins to push him again off the fence. Uh, so, folks, don't be afraid uh, to, and don't be worried about the reaction. What's the worst they can do? Look at you funny and, and say, oh, heavens, no. Uh, well, you know, that's not going to kill you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we need to be encouraging uh, of our young people to, to think about this, this, this vocation uh, by, by listening to the various ways that God speaks mm-hmm. to us and calls us. And I think what you're really encouraging us, Archbishop, to do is engage, engage in our parish community. When you talk about being a spiritual father, that uh, connotes a, a family. We are a family. We have to really have that pattern of caring for one another, praying for one another, and looking out for the next generation and pray where God is calling them. So I really challenge us all to be aware who, who are in the pews around me at Mass and, and, and take an interest in those people, in those families, in those young people around us. And it's part of our job really to call them out and to be used as God's messenger, I think, for uh, for all of our religious vocations. Absolutely. You know, it's it's not, We I have a vocation director. <laughs> He's uh, only one. <laughs> only one, Father Jeff Irvin. But it's not Father Jeff's job to get all the, uh, the seminarians. Uh, he does his part. You know, he spends most of his time, quite honestly, in the supervision of our seminarians and, and his relationship with them once they're already seminarians. Certainly, he does all of the recruitment piece as well. Uh, but the, the bulk of his time and energy is taken with caring for the men once we have them in the seminary. And it's not my responsibility entirely. Uh, although, as I said, I take a, a very personal, direct interest in it and, and give myself to this to this work because it's, I mean, the future of, of our archdiocese is really in the hands, to a large extent, uh, of these men who will one day be our priests and pastors. It's the responsibility also of all of our pastors and our priests. The best vocation recruiter, if you will, not director, but because we think about directing somebody, but the best vocation director in terms of recruitment and directing them in discernment is the parish priest, the one, the, the, the priest that the young man knows. And, but all of the laity, all of the people of God, those, because listen, these young men and boys, they look up to their adult uh, Catholic brothers and sisters. Uh, and uh, it's our job. It's everybody's job. Nobody gets off the hook here, folks. You have to become a vocation recruiter and create that culture of vocations. Help me do that so that we can provide for all of you uh, in the future in your, in your parish communities with wonderful, holy, and zealous priests. Absolutely. And we will do that as we enter 2022. Archbishop, thank you so much. I want to invite you to help us close this time with your blessing. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, especially all those out there, men and women, discerning a religious or priestly vocation. And may the Holy Spirit fill you and bless you and be with you all the days of your life. Amen.
Amen. And thank you all for joining us on this edition of The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.